Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Cod Swallop. Good choice. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the Talking... Okay. I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Cod Swallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast. Talking Cod Swallop, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. With me today, as always, I have my lovely co-host, James. Yo. Yo. Hi, James. Good evening. And we've got a special guest with us today, who is the returning guest, in fact, Chris Downey from Shooting Clerks. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me on again. You're welcome. Is that it? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's going to be like the start of the Breakfast Club episode all over again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I love that episode. Have <laughs> you listened to it, Chris? I've not heard that particular episode, no. Just, just say yes, Chris. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you again was because I wanted to follow up on how shooting clerks because obviously you had a an indiegogo didn't you which yeah did amazingly yeah it really did it was the most successful fundraiser that we've ever done because we obviously started with indiegogo uh but we didn't have an online presence or anything like that we didn't have any any kind of reach so it didn't get very far and we thought that was just a lack of interest and it probably was at the time but since we've come out with more than a proof of proof of concept yeah I think we've sort of won certain people over and it just went like gangbusters. It was amazing, wasn't it? How how well it did. It's crazy. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know of the film, do you want to recap very quickly? Absolutely. So Shooting Clerks is the story about how filmmaker, New Jersey filmmaker and clerk Kevin Smith made his seminal film Clerks and how he made it and who he made it with, which may allude to what the story is actually about. It is really good, but you know, because obviously we were um, we were chatting on episode. I think it was something like sixteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called shoot, uh, shooting clerks anyway. So you know, if anyone wants to go back and listen to a bit more information about the film, yeah, then obviously it's probably best to, for them to go back there. But yeah. also, you've been to uh, God, you've been to so many different comic cons as well, haven't you? Because which was the one? Oh, you went to San Diego, didn't you? Yeah, we went to San Diego Comic Con. Um, in the summer and in, before that in, let's say March, maybe February, we were at WonderCon, which is how we got invited to San Diego because it's the same company that, that repped both. Okay, well, I've not heard of WonderCon. What's that one? WonderCon is a smaller version of San Diego Comic-Con and it happens in Anaheim in California, which is where, ah. which is where the first Disneyland is. Wow. Obviously, you know, two big Comic Cons there and uh rejected from a tiny Comic Con. <laughs> That's a nice segue right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not so much re- rejected, more ejected. Um <laughs> yeah. 
She went on board originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting back to hear about if I've still got a press pass or not. I, I've emailed them today to find out, but I'm not intending on going. So this episode is going to be open and free about, you know, yeah, <laughs> our experiences. To be fair, Chris, I think you've probably been, a, you know, should we say ejected slash rejected with the best of them by the looks of it. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> everybody's been kicked out or yeah. as they've as they've put on their website, which I haven't been on in a while, they've been they've cancelled. But it's not oh, yes. the truth. A lot of them have said, "Look, we didn't cancel. They just told us that we were no longer required." Oh, they weren't given the. But I mean, in some cases, the people haven't even been given the simple sort of things of tra- you know travel ability or things that required to to attend the event. They've just basically yeah. been sort of left to flounder, and that's yeah, it's terrible. The thing that annoyed a lot of people was that specific fans were going just for them yeah so we've encouraged people to just ask for a refund before it's too late Mm. i think that most people are going to be disappointed with that one because i did actually have a ticket and i did contact them for a refund and they haven't got back to me so i think it's probably a no-go that but in hindsight i mean it's only because of where i live it's very close to uh very close to the Comic Con. By the way, this is the Isle of Wight Comic Con, just so that everybody knows which one we're talking about. Island Con. Island Con. Island yeah. Con. Yeah. Yeah, on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, so in hindsight, because I live probably, what, two hours away from it at the very most, it was only £20 mm. that I've actually lost. So, in you know, compared to some people who have lost sort of 300 to £500 pound because they've paid up front for their accommodation and things like that and money that they're never going to get back yeah yeah i can't quibble about my 20 quid yeah and i i wanted i wanted to see something and i was i was really it really bothered me uh for reasons i guess we'll get into but i just stayed quiet and then about a week later (laughs) everything started to fall apart and Mm. it was a bit of shade and fraud with regards to that as it's made me feel a bit better it's just kind of disgraceful, I know, but just the way that no, not the way that we were treated, well, the way I was treated directly, because it was just me that spoke to the gentleman in, in question. Yeah, absolutely, and it, I made you aware of it as well, didn't I? Because I contacted yeah. him because we were supposed to be hosting like a well, not supposed to be, but you know, there was a potential that we were going to be maybe doing a panel, and and James and I mm-hmm. were going to be, you know, doing the hosting type yeah. thing. Now, I don't know how good I would have been at doing that, but, you know, still. <laughs> I think you would have been exceptional. <laughs> well, I would have tried. I would have definitely been a good trier. <laughs> no, I know it was a good idea. Um, but, yeah, that, had you not brought that to my attention, I'm not sure I'm not sure we would have ever found out. I would have just forgotten that it was happening. Because I, I assumed it was all ready to go. Mm. Because Brett had sent so many emails with updates and questions like why aren't we on the website and blah 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 you got this sort of hokey story that wasn't true in fact if you just looked at the bottom of the thread of the email you could just go back about two or three emails to see he was lying yeah (laughs) and i'd had a crappy day already and it really just made things worse i was really really annoyed yeah it's understandable totally yes it's an i mean the 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 way you can look at it it's what you call the ice on the cake moment things yeah. going wrong obviously what was the indicator to you what when did you sort of know the rot had set in what what was it that gave it away to you 
pot. Well, if that's a question for both of you, actually, what was the indicator the rot had set in? Well, when I when I read the email, I I I, I used I always used to just go barreling in and yeah. and not think about the scenario, and then realise too late that maybe it was my fault or maybe I forgot or something like that. So I didn't say too much. I didn't do too much. But then the longer the day went on, the more I realized that perhaps he's lying. Mm. Just to stipulate, like, exactly what happened was a couple of weeks before the con, you alerted us to let us know that, that you've been in contact with them and, they, and you, you were speaking to them regarding whether or not you were going to moderate the shooting clerks panel or not. And they said, well, I'm not really sure they're coming now. Yeah. And you, you sent that to us. And I, I was confused. So I said, look, I'm a bit confused by this. Why are we being told that, you know, why are you telling people we might not be coming? He's like, and the guy responded, well, because I'm a little confused as well. And, you know, I, I could read his email verbatim. He was very rude. He's like, you know, we're, we're offering to fly you out here. We're offering to put you up. And a little bit of communication would be good, no? Because mm. I, 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 wasn't in, I wasn't in direct contact with him. It was Brett, my producer, who was in contact. Now, I know roughly how he is, so but I didn't want to just assume that he'd been in contact as much as I assumed he had. So I looked through the emails and saw that he had sent the same email in so many words three times, confirming over the course of a month. And he pretended that we didn't confirm, and that was the reason why he was dumping us. And he said, well, you know, we're Muse, and, and the Muse movie that's happening they're going to come over and they're happy to be here and they're not even <laughs> asking for money and i thought yeah. to myself all right okay so that's why you've dumped us because they offered to come nothing to do with them they, they didn't know that we were going to get in favor of them they offered to come and they might have a budget in place for promotion and, and marketing and things like that and, and obviously a big part of promotion is going to cons and things like that so they would happily come for free because it's in their budget now our budget ran out on day two of filming so Hence why we did the, the Indiegogo. Yeah. So like, we really, we can't take too much out of the Indiegogo because it's all kind of spoken for. And he's telling us that we didn't get in contact, but what he's at, and he thinks he's either being clever or doesn't care. But what he's done is he's shown his cards. He's basically said, mm. oh, I've dumped you for this movie that I assume will be as big, if not bigger, a draw than your stupid movie. And we still get Muse and whatnot. Mm. The downside being that Muse isn't going anymore. I think no. he dumped Muse. All the, the Viewskew people were dumped. A lot of them weren't happy. A lot of them put comments on, on uh, Twitter apologizing to their fans, like Ming Chen. Yeah. And he apologized profusely when he didn't have to. He was really looking forward to it. And, and Brian O'Horan had already been. He was there last year. And he he did, he couldn't even explain it. He's like, well, you know, I've, I've been before. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know why this has sort of happened. And the idea is that he booked too many people and bit off more than he could chew and he ended up screwing himself he couldn't obviously afford everybody so he he just said you know i can't bring you over i don't know if he was as rude to everybody else as he was to me mm. uh, probably not because i'm essentially nobody yeah but you're and not nobody that's that's oh, compared you know compared to compared to you know who who they've got uh going you know that's not me essentially but yeah it's weird i'm just i'm just on the website just now and i'm i'm just sort of trying to pick out it's weird who he still has going. It's, very, it's like half a page of people now. Yeah, because it started with the Power Rangers, didn't it? Which, I mean, that wasn't a massive pull for me. I, I'm not a Power Rangers fan, but they were treated really badly. And um, Ben 
Gummery, who also says hello, by the way, Ben Gummery. <laughs> fan number zero. Yeah. <laughs> Not fan number one, fan zero. Yeah. He um he actually sort of tagged me into a post that the Power Rangers organizers, you know, not the organizers, but the their uh, booking people, what they call their manager, managers. yeah, their con- the reps, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, he tagged me into that, and you know, like it just told the story of what was what was going on, basically, and that the, you know, in all the years that they've booked things for their clients, they've never been treated so badly. So I don't think you are alone with regards to being treated badly yeah and i kind of wondered you know because obviously with regards to like jason muse i was going to say that i wonder if he kind of realized because obviously they're all very loyal aren't they the viewers you guys yeah and i wonder if maybe they had sorted him out because they knew he was a massive pull but then because the others had been so treated so badly it's he thought well no sod you i'm not gonna go <laughs> you know kind of thing yeah i mean that, that might have happened yeah um I mean, I don't know, obviously, because he hasn't actually public publicly said anything, has he? So no, but I can imagine. I can imagine that if, if anything to to get his back up, if, if anything's going to annoy him about something like that in in that region, it's going to be his friends being Shit sort of dissed in in such a way because he's he's a very sweet guy. Yeah. Um, he won't take people pushing him around. I don't think. I mean, I don't know him very well, but take that. But he certainly won't take other people being treated badly. Mm. You know, so especially like Walter and Brian, who he's known for thirty years, he's not gonna he's not gonna stand for that. So you you might be right there. Um, I know that it must have been on the same day because there was there was the same sort of tweets for the entire run of the day, and they were all sort of yeah, hey, we've just been booted from a con in on the Isle of Wight in in the UK, and and they've not told us why, and you know maybe they were rude and blah blah blah, and I thought. Like it, it, it sucks that these people are getting treated like that. But he's really just gone and screwed himself. Yeah. The reality of the situation is, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You know, you could be anybody going into this. You, even though, okay, so you may be being paid, you may be being employed. But the point is, you are still going there to give your time, your ability, your expertise, and to allow your fan base to see you. And yeah. the fact that this guy has been, and you've hit the nail on the head, has been short-sighted enough to not only completely screw things up, but lie to people, to pretty much lie to the people who are going to come to the event. He's destroying his own career, basically, because who's going to want to work with him in the future? Yeah, I mean, I, he's on my blacklist. I have three yeah. names on my blacklist, and he's definitely one of them. Um, and it's again, it's not a case of money. Had he turned around and said, look, guys, we're really struggling for money, but we really want you to still come. Is there any way you guys could come for free? And we would have been like, you know what? It's 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 in the UK. He's been really nice. Sure, because yeah, like we're not that. we're not yeah. exactly we're not looking to break the bank. Nobody who goes to cons is looking to get rich off of it. Really, they're they just want their you know their transportation covered so that it's it's not really too much money out of their pocket so that they can promote themselves, meet their fans and have fun. Yeah. That's all we would want really. And we we're we we've been to a few cons prior to this, so to be a focus in any way was flattering and was fantastic that they accepted our, our submission or whatever. But yeah, you just be nice. You know, you he could have just said, I'm really sorry but we can't afford you. We've screwed things up. We're such idiots. 
I would have been like, that's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah. But that's not what was said. It was spoken down to by a complete stranger. And on a day that I, like I just got off the train and spent an hour and a half on the train with my two kids and we were stuck in the middle of the cart because we couldn't put my, my buggy or my, or my carriage or stroll or whatever Americans call it. I couldn't put that away because it was one of the sort of big permanently up ones. The kids were starting to get antsy and like really complaining. And that day was meant to be a day that I found out how my dad was doing health-wise and the NHS buggered it up. They didn't send the right letter. So turns out we had to wait another four days. So I was annoyed about that because I wanted to see what was going on. And then I get off the train with my, my kids who were very well behaved. But up until the end, you know, at the end, they were getting really bored. Yeah, they were just being probably children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were hard to control. Um, so I'm getting them off. And I, <laughs> my mum bought one of them a toy and it fell through the, 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 the train and landed on the floor on the tracks. And then I get this, this email from this guy and he's been a complete and our dick. And I was so angry. I was trying to twist the handles on the buggy. I was just trying to bend them. I was so annoyed because you can't, you know, I couldn't just blow my load in front of, every, not blow my load, that's a poor choice of words. I couldn't exactly <laughs> just go off on one with my two kids there. So, you know, they were, are we going home now, daddy? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going home. We're going home. We're going home. I'm like trying to sort of stay composed, but I'm so annoyed and upset as well because it's been a stressful day. Yeah. And I'm like, screw you, mate. Like, you could have just said, you could have just been nice or passive or something. You had to piss yeah. me off and ruin our day. Bad enough, all of the terrible things that happened to you, but it's when I hear you saying that you spoke down to you. You know, you're a complete stranger. You're there to try and, in essence, help him. And yeah, it's madness. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I know we approached them and said, you guys interested in us coming and bringing the movie? Because we were going to be screening the movie and we we're going to have, I think we we're going to have a panel, as you said, um, and talk about details not getting through. He, he's a hypocrite. Like, we didn't know exactly what we were getting. And, and he's criticizing us for that. And then we were going to have a booth as well. We we're just going to take some stuff. But we we're mainly just going to be there to hang out and, and, and meet people and and yeah just just always be nice just be nice and like there's a movie that everybody's probably familiar with called roadhouse and um dalton the 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 best cooler in the business is a bouncer at the bar he's teaching everybody else in the bar how to act in front of patrons and he says if someone's getting rowdy be nice tell them to calm down if someone keeps getting rowdy just be nice so be nice until it's time to not be nice. And that's exactly what you really should do. Don't let people walk over you. Um, this is fine advice I'm giving here that I would never take myself because <laughs> I would just be nice yeah. and be nice and then some idiot would just walk over me like this guy. Um, but th I didn't say very much to him. I just said, please read email three in the below thread. And he never responded after that. But he's gone down the least of his worries at the moment because the team that represent the Power Ranger actors uh, they says, like, we've got five contracts here that we could sue you for. So Yeah, I was waiting. I mean, that was the thought I had when I found out this guy runs the risk of being sued by people. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope he does, to be honest, because it is unfair what he has done. And it's like from from a personal point of view, like I feel almost a, and I you know, like I'm I'm literally nobody when it you know comes to this, but I feel a bit betrayed because I was just going to pull up the email that I sent him because it was like initially when I was like speaking to him, 
I mean, I can read my email if you want. I'd love you to. I'll just read mine a second, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, my my computer's frozen anyway. Okay. You know, it's uh, basically, I can't uh, can't find the email at the moment, but uh, obviously, first of all, it said about your film and that how it would sort of fit quite well with the viewer skew thing. So, you know, because it was me, myself and Ben that were kind of like promoting shooting clerks a little bit as well obviously yeah. you guys were doing it as well i'm i'm not taking away anything that you No done. no i i wouldn't you know be more uh, be, be more modest it was it was uh or don't be so modest rather um it was it was all down to you two that we even got that yeah well sorry <laughs> it's a, a nice lesson learned <laughs> yeah don't let your fans do your bidding <laughs> But um, yeah, so we sort of like were going back and forth, you know, to this guy and he, you know, he was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea, you know, oh, let's do it, let's do it, you know, so, and it's like at one point I turned around to him because it it seemed like he was really on the ball and he was really organised with everything. So I actually turned around to him and I said, oh, yeah, you know what? This is actually probably one of the best organised cons that I've ever been to. But, you know, I haven't been to it yet. But because of how he was being, like contacting back and, you know, interacting and sort of giving me the information that I needed, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. You know, I've I've never had this, it's such a good professional, you know, sort of thing. For, and I can see your passion in, you know, in this convention, you know, type thing. Mm. And then... It's like for all this then to blow up, it's almost like I feel like, oh, so I, he was just feeding me a whole load of lies as well. Yeah. So I feel a bit betrayed in that sense. Like I said, I'm I'm literally, if you're nobody, then I'm literally nobody, you know, in comparison. You know, like, no, no matter what anybody thinks about themselves, they should, they should be treated like... Yeah. We are there, his employer, essentially. If you're buying a ticket to come along, you know, yeah. it's like anyone who comes to our film. We're like, oh, thank you very much for coming. You know, can we fluff up your pillow and help you to your seat sort of thing? Because you know, <laughs> they've done you a service. And it's not just the money. It's the interest. It's the fact that they picked your film or whatever. So it should extend to situations like that as well. I've actually got his email here if you want me to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just say one quick thing? And it ties into what both of you basically said. Sure. something I was always taught in life was this, that you've got to ask yourself, how would you want to be treated personally yeah. if it was you? And this guy clearly has not, has not taken that rule. But it's also the the one that is always used as an example, which is be careful how you treat people on the way up because mm. when you come down, you're going to have to pass them. And the other thing is, for this guy, if I was him, I'd be thinking to myself, well, what goes around comes around because at some point, It'll come back and bite him on the ass, won't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. It looks like it's already, looks like it's already bit him on the ass. Yeah, big teeth, man. Yeah, but I was going to say also as well because I've always been brought up that you treat people like you want to be treated. So you know, obviously with respect. Obviously, that's not going to be the case for everybody. Not everybody in the world gets on, and you know that's yeah. a proven fact. But the also the other theme is is that you know like. Don't forget that shit falls downwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hopefully he's lying in a pile of it right now. He probably. Uh, but after after you you sent me that message on on Twitter, uh, you know I, I was like, oh, I'm confused. So I sent him an email. I said, uh, Hey, how you doing? I'll not say his name. Uh, that'll be the only thing we won't say, or I won't say. You guys can go ahead and say. <laughs> no, I was going to say let's none none of us say his name because we don't want to give him any more. Uh, 
Credence. No, no. Credence is that the right word? Credibility. I mean, it's not <laughs> lack of credibility, credibility really, uh, if you mention him. It's just they're, they're on our behalf if we don't say his name. Correct. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, his name might sound like an owl. If you ever watched Blackadder, the guy that co-wrote that, he makes sound a bit like that. <laughs> um, my producer has emailed a few times confirming our attendance, so we're kind of confused by your response to Gemma regarding moderating. Also, I believe we inquired about our inclusion on the website too. We've been planning this trip on our end for some time. Thanks so much. C. That's me. Um, and this was his response. Hi, C. Although I'm sure he means it in a different way. If you're confused, then I am too. No appearance has been confirmed as we've had no solid confirmation from you. We don't have capacity to do screenings. So unfortunately, we won't be. you won't be attending the event. I'm not sure if he... I already agree because it's not one of the, the things that I looked up in Brett's emails, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the things that we were going for. Yeah. Anyway, um, I believe my the last message we got from another shooting clerks member was hold off an announcement. How is this beneficial to anyone? 29 days to go is so late. If you were playing, if we were play, paying for you guys to come down here, put you up in accommodation, then a little more involvement with, with us might have seen this work. We've had crew from another Muse film get in contact and offer directors and producers on a complimentary basis purely for promotion. They've supplied us with promos and all the details necessary to have them use Island Con as a platform for promotion. We haven't had any details from you, so unfortunately we cannot accommodate you at this time. As disappointing as that is all round, regards that person. I looked at all the emails and they all, at least two of them included posters and photographs and everything he asked for months ago. He, yeah. he is he is a liar. Yeah, because the thing is, is, at the end of the day, you're there to promote your product, so you're going to want to put yourself out there, aren't you? And, of course, you are going to reply and send all of the information. And um, going back to that Muse project, uh, film, whatever it is, I'm wondering if, because obviously Jason Muse is actually doing his own film. So the method in the madness. The method in the madness. I think that's what... Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering, like, if it was that film, then of course he's not going to want payment for it because he's already getting paid to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's a ridiculous thing to say because obviously, like I said, he is there already. So it's just like bring is just bringing an extra potentially bag of stuff that, you know, to actually promote stuff with. Mm. But in your case, you should want to get paid, you know, or you should be paid or at least have your accommodation or your or your flights or whatever to actually get down to, you know, the furthest part of the south that you could probably dream of. Yeah. You'd get a nosebleed if you get actually came down. So that's probably a good thing. He's not giving you a nosebleed. So oh, he gave me a nosebleed <laughs> when I read his pishy email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a few other people as well when I punch them in the face. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like, I don't condone violence, but if your hand happens to find his face and I don't stop you, I feel really bad for that. But, you know, shit happens. <laughs> like I mentioned at the beginning as well, uh, that I contacted them again about the press passes. Yeah. I have no intention on going. The only reason why I'm asking is because my buddy Squee from the previous episode who helped out he's hoping that if the Doctor Who guys are still there, he's hoping to sort of go and do some interviews. So I was going to give him my pass. Yeah. Well, there are a few. Paul McGann is still slated to be there. Uh, Sophie Aldred um, and mm. Sylvester McCoy are going to be there. But it's funny, like the names 
that that are still there. Yeah, you you know them. You you've got um, Samantha Mathis from Broken Arrow and Super Mario Brothers. You got the guy who played the villain in Mortal Kombat. You've got Skull of Bulk and Skull fame, but no Bulk, who was originally slated to come. So I shouldn't laugh at that, but I just had an idea of losing one half of a double act. Yeah. Rather worrying. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, he's down here. He's down here. They've moved him down here. Yeah, he's down here. Uh, Bam Margera, Sarah from The Crow, uh, one, two doctors. Um, so you've got a couple of Crow actors and a Donnie Darko actor. And uh, there's a couple of, but mainly the people at the bottom are, uh, yeah, they're, I think they were originally cosplayers, but even they're gone. So you've got just a big bunch of people that, that do like suit work and Doctor Who and things like that. I mean, it's um, it's, it's nice that people are still going to be there, but you've got to think for the, the, the talent who turned up, what are they going to be greeted by? Yeah, I just I just hope that this, this gentleman, I'm just trying to see, I'm just hoping that this is his company. Because if it's not, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna get in trouble for for doing this to these people. Yeah. If it was his decision, uh, here the bomb cancelled appearances cancelled. Just to let you know, if anybody's listening, and um, this is me speaking, not me reading it. Uh, mm-hmm. If anybody's listening, who was going to Island Con, a lot of these people weren't cancelled. They didn't cancel. They were booted. Jessica Messenger, Sean Aston, Ethan Phillips, Mina Savari, Shannon Elizabeth, Sarah, basically all of the um the American Pie people and all the Vuesque people, including Jason Mewes, Ming Chen, Brian O'Horn, Mike Zapsick. Um Brian Johnson as well, yeah. Brian Johnson. I mean it's he's not even they've not even mentioned Brian Johnson. That's kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Like, they, they mention all the people they think are worth mentioning, but they don't want to mention one of the main stars of that. Joe Pintoliano, of course, because he's you know, he's a character actor who doesn't need this. He just probably did it because he likes this kind of stuff. Sean Aston is the same thing. Uh, All of the Power Rangers, yeah. Yeah, I mean they still work in that show whenever required, or if they're if they're a regular, still still working. Again, they don't need this doing it for the fans probably. And it says if mm. you had a guest pre-order, these have already been or are in the process of being refunded. So hopefully that's true. Well, I can I can confirm that pictures and autographs have been refunded because I I booked for Jason Mew's photograph and and autograph. And that has been refunded. That's good. So I can confirm that that has happened. So that at least they've kept that. But at the same time, yeah. Again, it's a minor thing. But on principle, like the £20, I don't know. I just can't get over that £20 because it's just like, I'm just, it's like grating on me because I'm just like, you bastards, you've taken some of my money, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You've missold something to me. Well, there you go. That and that's that's what stings. Yeah. The the fact people have been missold and misled things. Now, I've, been, I've you know I've been to conventions. I've met actors who I know now who I've become friends with who have had you know shoddy experiences, and it'll just leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And this is what I cannot. I would. I'm you know you got to look at it from a business standpoint. You know you don't want a business like this. If you want success, no. if you want people to 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 respect you, and want to work with you again, you do not do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. As well, from my point of view, obviously, I don't know how to go about organising something as big as a comic con, or you know, like anything like that kind of scale of thing. And that's exactly why you don't do it. Well, and that's probably the reason why he shouldn't do it. No, but I think I'd probably do a dance like better doing yeah, it. Yeah, but that's he... what I'm saying. If you were going to do that, you would prepare. 
you know, you would, yeah. you would, you would take in steps, and you, but you wouldn't sort of jump ahead. No. This, I, I don't want to say too much. Particularly, I don't want to criticise too much because, but yeah, it was. I don't think it was very well thought out, and it's a shame because, like I said, Brian O'Horan had a great experience last year. Yeah. So he's obviously been able to do it in the past. But like I said, you know, I, I shouldn't really feel too guilty because he did treat me like shit. No, I don't feel guilty. Like you said, you know, he, he treated other people like shit as well. So, yeah, if you fucked up, then that's fine. But don't don't put it on other people. And I know what that's like because, you know, I had issues with, you know, b- blaming people when I was, a, you know, a te- I'm granted I was a teenager at the time. But so I remember what that kind of thing's like. You feel attacked, so you just blame other people. But that's not the way to do it nowadays. That's not how... That's not how to do it as a, as a grown man, as I assume he is. Yeah. But yeah, it's over now, and 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 all the other people that were cancelled, they've you know, they've got loads of things booked. I've noticed, you know, Brian's got some new stuff, some new stuff. So you know, they're all set. They're just it's probably just a bewildering experience. They're like, that was weird. I mean, I've been doing this for years, and this con of kind of just chucked me in the bin or in the trash, as they say. Yeah, I wonder how hard it had to be for Ming Chen as well, because obviously he's a massive con goer, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when we spoke to him when we were in at Comic-Con, uh, sorry, when we were at San Diego Comic-Con, when we spoke to him, he's, you know, we were talking about it. And I think, I don't know if it was in stone at that point, but he's like, oh, I'd be great. You know, we look forward to meeting you guys there and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out and whatnot. Um, and he was he was just telling us how much he loves this kind of thing. Obviously, I mean, he works or worked in a comic book store, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, in a more reserved way. Um, Mike is the same because again, Mike works in a comic book store. Mm. Mike did a TV show where he was, you know, talking comic books and collectibles and toys, and he knew I'd more than his fair share of, of of stuff regarding those things. So going to a con and especially to be recognised is flattering as well. It's something that he would enjoy doing to just sort of be like kicked down the stairs with that. You know, I feel bad for 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 those guys yeah. um, because. They've got a, they've got a following, you know. They've got people that were looking forward to meeting them. They've got people that have seen them before but want to see them again. So it's even better and even more of a disappointment for for those specific people because maybe they're borderline friends now, and this is the only chance to get to see each other. It certainly is the case with us. We don't get to see uh, Ming and and Mike and and Brian, and certainly not Walter. We only see Walter when we go to Jersey because he's only to fly. Yeah, um, exactly. We, we don't we don't see those guys that often. So we were. That's one of the reasons we were looking forward to it. Same with Brian O'Horan and um, and and Jason Muse. Really looking forward to to hanging out with them, and that just sort of fell apart. And then knowing that it was still happening without us, we we're like, oh, that sucks, man. You know, should we buy a ticket and go like losers? <laughs> um, and then that fell apart. So it wasn't really a, a problem. But yeah, you know, it's like I said, we've moved on, and and we've we've got other things in the in the pipeline as well. Um, that's good. But yeah, just. You know, if, if anybody is wondering what happened with with their respective star, be it Muse or uh, one of the Power Rangers or anything like that, yeah, they were booted. Um, don't go to Island Con thinking they'll be there because uh, just check the website because you, your guys still might be going. Because like I said, a few few people are still going. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, for for me anyway, the first thing that sort of alluded me to the fact that anything was going on really was when Brian Johnson tweeted out in the wonderful fashion that he did, which was just got word that Ming Chen, Mike Zapsik and myself will not be attending Island Con. I understand a few other I understand a few other guests had no choice but to drop out as well. 
So make sure they're still in before you make the trip. And that was on the 2nd of October. And Brian Johnson, like not to gloat, but Brian Johnson follows me on Twitter because I've, you know, when when we were at Edinburgh Comic-Con, because you were at Edinburgh Comic-Con as well, weren't you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. And me and Brian actually, I actually recorded an episode with him or, you know, like a 20 minute sort of sort of chat with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he sort of followed me on on Twitter then, and you know, obviously that made my day and everything. But because of that, I actually messaged him to say, you know, what's happened? We're all wondering. And he actually came back to me and said, the promoter didn't have the money for flights and hotel, nor for guarantees. I'd have went without a guarantee, but last minute flights, hotel would have been exorbitant. Um, you know, would have been really expensive, basically. Yeah. So, you know, just to reassure him, I went back to him and said, just to let you know, I'm so sorry that this has happened. Obviously, you realise a lot of fans stroke ants are disappointed, but they are not disappointed with you chaps. All anger is directed at the con organiser, X. You know, I won't say his name either. The so-called organiser is going to regret the day he took on the ant hill. Cannot wait for the next TSD in I Sell Comics. (laughs) 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 But yeah... I mean, yeah, the last thing you want to do, really, is piss off a podcaster. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and Brian Brian will just, you know, that's the thing, though. Like, Brian won't care. He's like, oh, you know, you were a gnat on my radar. Yeah. Um, just just while you were saying that with regards to, to Brian, um, the, thing that, the thing that people see when they see comic book men or they listen to tell them Steve Dave is this scary, yes. smart mm-hmm. Rip you a new asshole. Um, if you just show any weakness or you say anything that's remotely stupid or remarkable, um, and then you obviously you watch Clerks and you see Randall, and that's very much what Randall is. He's he's the he's the pro Bry. Yeah. But one thing I want to say about Brian is that's just a character that he yeah. seems to play. Absolutely, it's almost like a shell. When we. Because we obviously, we didn't meet him right away. It was very difficult to get in contact with him because he'll only contact you back if he wants to, case in point, what you were saying regarding his response. Yeah. But, you know, he obviously heard about our film being made and he knew he was a character in it. You know, he'd you know, spoken to Kevin about it, probably. And then we finally did meet him. The film was basically done. And we went up to him sort of like with respect and, and just we didn't want to bug him too much because he was right beside us. His booth was right beside our booth. In Recon, um, you know, spoke to him. He's very nice, very quiet, very reserved. Not sort of playing it up like he does in the show. Yeah. You know, comedy because that's one thing that he is that nobody really knew um, until they stuck the cameras on him, until they stuck the mics on him. Is that he's you know, he's 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 a co- he's a comedian. Um, yeah. And when we interviewed him for the documentary, he's so sweet. He's very, he's very kind, and more people should know that. It's all great that people know him as, as the wise ass who will, like I said, rip you a new asshole, but he's a very sweet man and uh, can't get enough of him. And yeah. he's incredibly smart as well, isn't he? He's a very, very yeah. intelligent man. And I well, sort you of have got... to be to come out with like some of the yeah. liners that he does. <laughs> when I sort of got the impression that of, well, of exactly what you've sort of backed up, that a lot of it is an act. You know, you can see yeah. that, yes, there'll be moments, I guess, where he does get rather worked up, but... Um, yeah, yeah, definitely very decent. I mean, obviously I've never met the chap, but the impression I've got is a very decent human being. Yeah, I mean, it is yeah. part of his personality. It comes mm. naturally to him to do it. I'm not saying that it's an act in that respect. I'm just no, saying no. that 
that's a persona. That's something that he sort of puts on. Yeah. But yeah, he's a very sweet man. I mean, you like to see him with his niece as well. Yeah. See how fatherly he is and, you know, how supportive. Um, it's, it's wonderful to see the duality in, mm. in the man. It's, it's, it's incredibly interesting. And of course, we play up to that in the film. Um, and there are several moments that play on the softness of Bry. And like I said, we didn't know him when I wrote it, but luckily that is very much because Kevin's told stories about how Bry really is. So we just sort of took his word for it. And luckily we, we, we got him, got him pretty close to that, hopefully, um, with regards to Brett's performance. And there are moments in there that are soft and it's, it's nice validation as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's good. And yeah, I, I think, it, you know, like you said, I think he's a good guy as well, because I going back to the interview, 20 minute interview that I did with him, you know, like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He he did that because I, you know, like, OK, yeah, I'd set up, you know, when his cat was unwell, uh, Princess Mitch, yeah. and I'd set up like a GoFundMe and things like that. So he did it as a thank you for me setting that up, which I didn't yeah. expect a thank you at all from him. You know, like I did it because... He, he, you know, he's Brian Johnson. <laughs> I worship, yeah. the, I worship the ground that he works on, um, walks on. So you know, like that's the only reason I did it. But you know, for him to actually take that time and you know, it, you know, take that time for me, basically. Mm. But also, yeah. you were right at the Comic Con. He was, you know, like he loved it when all the ants were there and everything. But you could kind of see that he was not intimidated, but it was almost like a little bit intimidated because there were so many people around him. Shy, just sort of shy, I would say, yeah. maybe just by the, the sheer number of people. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's different when the cameras are on you, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, like the odd scenes that I've done, like I'm not a performer. I don't like to perform. I don't like to, you know, I like to do these things, but I don't like to do them in front of people. Like I like to sing and, you know, act and fun and everything like that. If the camera's on, that's almost like, here's an excuse for me to just go 100%. And that's exactly what he does with the show or did with the show and does with, with Del and Steve Dave. But when there's no reason to do that, like if nobody's watching, if no friends are watching and there's not a dickhead there for him to embarrass, then yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be himself. And the same with Kevin as well. Kevin shuts off when he's not mm. in... In a, in media mode, he just normal person wants to go home and have an early night, which mm. I can now relate to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I I was sort of when you were saying that about Kevin and him shutting off, I was like, what? <laughs> I can't imagine a world where Kevin Smith doesn't like chatter away. <laughs> he, like right, like now it's a bit more. He's but like he told a story about how he would go to a party. And he wouldn't talk, not because yeah. he was being rude. He would just listen to people and, and whatnot. He'd be this and Bob. Mm. Um, and then he went to an, another party because he didn't like going to parties. And I, I don't like going to parties either, so I don't understand. Um, but he'd go, uh, go to this other party and, and he smoked some weed before. And I think this was before he, he regularly smoked weed. And he said he found everybody incredibly interesting. They were just finding anything to talk about. And people were telling him, oh, yeah, you know, I run a cat clinic. I was like, cat clinic? What does that entail? And, and having these genuinely in-depth conversations, and it made him more of an extrovert. Mm. Um, and I think you can be an introvert, but when the game is on, when you're on stage, when you're directing, when you're doing whatever that requires you to be in front of an audience, you can change 
to an extrovert there. Uh, but it's it's tiring. Yeah. You want to then re- like re- recoil into yourself, I would imagine, and just become yourself again, and you know, be comfortable and sit there in some fluffy pajamas in the dark and watch, I don't know, South Park or something like that. You don't want to always be on because it's yeah. knackering. It is. It's a thing of needing to recharge, isn't it? I mean, it's a totally that different way. level level of person. But uh, you know, Ken Dodd, the uh, comedian who died recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was always sort of people who saw him said were always amazed because even in going into his late years, he was always really, really energetic and bouncing all over the place and full of energy. And he'd just keep going on and on and on and on doing his shows. But I met him at an event a few years ago. And when he's off, when he's not on, he was the quietest guy you've ever met. Mm. You know, he'd say hello and speak to people a little bit. But when I mean, this was like a private thing, we, we were all that, and he was there, and yeah. Total opposite. You wouldn't have thought it would be probably, and it, pretty, it will, you know, be very similar with Kevin. I suspect that when it's off time, as much as you don't expect it, it is off time, and you're yeah. just very quiet and normal. Yeah, I mean, like when, on the odd occasion that we've talked in person, it's just been a normal conversation that we yeah. have with anybody. Just, you know, he's still a person and whatnot, but and you, but you're not playing up, so you're not being like super Kevin at that point. Um, but like <laughs> it's weird. Like years ago, when listening to the the evening with or watching evening with, yeah. and he says, um, "No, after this show, I I just go home, go to sleep." And everyone's like, "Oh, because he won't go to like an after party and get high with some guy." And I thought to myself, "Oh, that sucks. You know, he's not he's not going to enjoy all these things about being famous." Um, and then I get like one percent famous with this little <laughs> film, and we were we get into these parties in San Diego and I'm we're on a rooftop and they've all the food and drinks free and it's nine thirty or ten and I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired, I wanna go home. I want to have to stay here before it's not rude for me to go. Um <laughs> and yeah, I think I only went to one party. Everybody else went to parties and I was quite surprised that I was like, Yeah, I'm fine with that. You 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 go have fun hanging with Wesley Snipes and uh Brandon Routh <laughs> which is something that happened. Um That's very cool. Oh wow. I think we I think we definitely need to move on to that. <laughs> well, it was, it was super it was, bad. Yeah, it was it was it was funny. Like I, I didn't meet them. It was, it was the other guys that were out with us because they like they, they like to go out and party and you know. Uh, but at that point, I'm exhausted mentally, and I, especially considering I'd done cosplay that day or every day. I did cosplay every day, and people were constantly coming up to me and 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 saying catchphrases, getting photos <laughs> and chatting away. And then Brett would just saunter over and slide a card into their hand that had the clerks. The shooting clerk's poster on it. It was almost his way of getting an, an in of, of, of marketing the film. It's like we also make movies too. Here you go. Um, so yeah, I've been on all day. I just wanted to go to sleep. And if I go beyond, I just I do shut down. I just be like, oh, <laughs> don't yeah. talk, and become even more dull. Um, but yeah, the, the guy even more dull. I, Shush, <laughs> you're not dull. Yeah, not oh yeah, I'm, I'm a relatively dull. I mean, I'm a relatively dull guy. Um, you're not dull. You're Scottish. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I guess uh, there's something sort of chaotic about being Scottish, so that's probably interesting. <laughs> Obviously, anybody who's listening knows. Hopefully, knows that I was joking then. So, and hopefully, Chris, you oh, know that I was. <laughs> I know. I know. You know. They'll. they'll uh, They'll snore and huff and puff in their porridge in the morning, but they'll get over it. <laughs> um, but with regards to the, the guys going out, 
you know, they, they go out and they come out, they come in the next day and they're like, look, you know, we were out and, and I'm hearing like names flying about, but they're just like regular first names in the conversation. What about when he said this? What about when I did this? And then we're walking away and such and such is like, where are you going, guys? And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this conversation, I think it's a normal conversation. And then I hear the last name. And I'm like, wait a minute, see that you've been saying this person's name. Did you mean such and such? And like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's a photograph of me with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's a picture with Brandon Rouse. And they're like, Brandon Rouse is so nice. He's so nice. But he was so drunk, he was trying so hard to stay composed. But he was drunk out of his head. And you could just tell. And he's just this lovely man. Try not to look drunk. And they saw Jason Momoa. And, you know, what one story wow. someone told me, we came up to our table. So we're at the, the table. It's like the third day at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've got our, our, our table. So we're, we're selling merch. mainly posters. And there's loads of little mini flyers that we're giving out just regarding uh, screenings and things like that and where to follow us. And uh, this, uh, um, this young guy, I won't say his name because I think he's about 17, this young guy comes along with his dad um, who we've spoken to before and took a couple of photographs and had a few laughs with because we met before. Um, but his son was like, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. It was, it was across the street. I'll not do the accent for the whole thing. It was across the street and my dad was doing something. He was getting a drink or he was really thirsty. And I was just standing there and I'm looking around and I'm in this bar, but it's essentially a pop-up for this show called Disenchantment. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know that. And obviously I've watched it since, it's very good. And, you know, there's a guy standing beside me and he's sort of looking at me and I'm like, looking at him and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Matt. And the guy, and I'm like, oh, how you doing, Matt? He's, you know, shakes his hand and it's very nice. I have, you know, a few back and forth and then his dad turns up and then off he goes. He didn't know who Matt Groening was, and he had just met Matt Groening. Because <laughs> <laughs> he came to me, he's like, I, I can't remember what he said. I can't remember if he knew who he was, but he just didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. Or what. But I was like, man, that is the best story I've ever heard. You have to tell everyone that. That's incredible. You met Matt Groening. And he's a nice guy. He's just like, hey, yeah. you know, Matt. As if you need a sort of introduction. Uh, that was one of the best stories. And that, again, yeah. again, didn't involve me. So... <laughs> but how much did you regret that you didn't go out? Not at all. No? No, I'm not I'm not really I don't maybe when I was a bit younger, but when I go to cons I don't go up and meet famous people for money. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll go past them and go, Hey, there's that guy. Like one of my favourite people on the whole planet is James Masters, who played Spike in Buffy and he was in um uh Torchwood as well. And he played Tickle in that Dragon Ball film. Um yeah, so one of the one of my favourite actors um, love him. I think he's great range, especially with accents and things like that. But he was at a con that we were at in Glasgow, and he used to walk past me. He's talking to one of his reps, and he's like, "You want me to get you a ball of water? Give me a ball of water." No, ball. and he's standing right beside me doing this. I'm like, "Hey, it's just that." And then he walked away. I mean, it, it helps that my friend got me an autograph about seven or eight years ago, and he signed it with something very specific to me. But mm-hmm. no, I like, for instance, I'm a big, massive fan of Edgar Wright, but I don't want to go meet Edgar Wright and walk mm-hmm. up to him outside his house and get his autograph. So I bought one on eBay, mm-hmm. and it comes with a photo of him signing that very picture. So I knew it was definitely him. Um, I've got a Jamie Lee Curtis signature that I bought at a car boot sale for 10 bucks. Wow. You know, wow, I, yeah. I, I, I do like these people, and an autographed picture is great because I like to, I like to dress up my office and whatnot. But no, I, I don't really. I like what you do, and you know, I'm mm. not going to get your face um, because I, I don't really. 
I don't know, like once I've met them, what next? <laughs> like, you know, mm. I'm more interested in working with people um, or having like you, like you do, having a conversation with them or interviewing them or something like that. Meeting them, you know, it's, it's great and everything, but especially I'm not the type of person that would go to a party and sort of look for famous people. It'd be, fu- it'd be funny. I'd be like, oh my God, there's Wesley Snipes. Or look, there's a really drunk Superman. Um, <laughs> but no, I, that, I guess that's probably why I, I didn't, which is great, really, because I'll never be famous, so I don't have to worry about that myself. But um, yeah, it's just, I, I guess it's something that sort of went away. I'm probably dead inside. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't think you're dead inside. I think <laughs> what you're showing is a, a respect for people. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, why don't I like doing that anymore? I don't know. That being said, I did go up and meet. Well, well, there's a very short story. I'll make it incredibly wrong, long and boring, right? So okay. my, <laughs> as I told you, my, I was big into James Marsters and Buffy and loved Spike and things like that. Um, and my email address is was the bloody awful poet at gmail.com or something like that. My friend knew about that and he knew I was obsessed with that character and that actor and I would go watch anything with him in it, even if it was P.S. I love you. Um, and he went to a con when, in Seattle when James Marsters was going to be there and he said, goes up to me and says, look, I'm, I want to get this from a friend and this was his email address and blah, blah, blah. He was the bloody awful poet. Can you write something like, you know, that akin to that? So he wrote to Chris from the original poet, James Marsters. And it's just a, like one of your standard sort of spike shots of him bending down about to sort of attack the camera. Um, and he, my friend gave that to me after being in America for five years. I hadn't seen him for five years and it was like the nicest present he's ever given me. So <clears throat> cut forward to years later, we're big fans of Red Dwarf and so many quotable lines that yes. we say in the day-to-day. One of them is, it's a Rimmer line, which is, she always used to call me Rimmer. And then Lister says, but your name is Rimmer. It's like, yeah, but it's the way she used to say it. Rimmer, Rimmer, to rhyme with scum. <clears throat> it's a line that always made him laugh. So at the con, <clears throat> we met, uh, Chris Barry was there. He plays yeah. Rimmer. And I went up to him and he's, he's very generous with time. You have an actual chat with him. Um, and I said, look, my friends, one of my friends' favorite lines is, remember, remember, you know, can you write Kevin, Kevin, to rhyme with scum? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he signed that. I'm a big fan of Only Souls and Horses. And the other person that was there at that particular con, I think, it might have been a different con, was, was the guy that plays Boise in Only Souls, um, played by John Chalice. He obviously did his own spinoff. Um, and the spin-off, The Green Green Grass, my wife, when she was a teenager, was an extra in that. Oh, wow. So that was another Brilliant. reason for us to go up and meet him, because my wife was like, oh, I was an extra in Green Green Grass. I think it was episode one or something like that. Um, again, another person that will tell you his story, and you can, you know, like you talk about regular things. You don't have to just talk about TV and acting and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think mainly because, I don't know why I wanted to, I think because they're, they're connected to people. They're very deep mm. cut regarding, you know, um, Chris Barry and, and John Chalice. I think that's maybe why there's such deep cuts. And they're, they've been part of my life, like, a lot longer than, like, the cast of Revenge of the Nerds or any Power Ranger. Because I've been watching Only Fools and Red Dwarf since, like, the late 80s, so... Yeah, me too, yeah. ingrained into, into my, my childhood, my teenage years, and then you know, my adult life. So I think that's maybe the only reason why... I don't know, I can't explain. Like I said, maybe I don't have any soul left. <laughs> No. I think what it is is that you've done 
all of your, you know, you've done all of the things that you wanted to like that, you know, like meeting celebrities or, or things like that, you know, all, you know, when you were younger. And now it's just like you, you're moving into that next chapter of your life where you're kind of, you know, just being you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe another thing. Another thing I like to do, um, and I did this with I did this with Muse, I did this with Kevin and, and Marilyn Gigliotti, who plays Veronica in in Clerks, and she's in our movie. She plays uh, Ali Tomlin. I want to ask them questions about real life, but not on purpose. Like, let me ask you just a big bunch of quick fire questions about like I, I, when talking to them to hear normal things is interesting. Um, they always say when you're writing, one of the the easiest things to do is have fantastically powerful people doing normal things yes I have agree with that. very normal people doing fantastic things um and that's i guess the the attraction i have to speaking to like famous people about real life unless it's someone who's like batshit crazy and has doves in their house and walks on you know rose petals and things like that that that's not real life i mean it is for them but that's not mm. the kind of thing i mean but yeah, like I said on previous on the previous podcast, one of the first things I ever spoke to Kevin about was Waterworld. I don't know how we got talking about that for fifteen minutes. Yeah, but yeah, back and forth. There was like four of us, Kevin included, talking about Waterworld. And I said at the end of the in the end of that part of the conversation, I was like, you know, when people ask us what I spoke to you about, I'm going to have to tell them it was fucking Waterworld, a film that nobody likes. Yeah. And then at that, at that point, he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> But that's fine though, isn't it? Because it's nice because you've both got that thing where you both like it. So um, my favourite celebrity interaction has to be with, um, when I was at London Film and Comic Con last year, Matt Lucas was just literally walking back to his table. And uh, yeah, and literally, you know, just sort of caught him out the corner, you know, caught sight of him out the corner of my eye. And I just literally just turned around and went, high five like that and he gave me a high five and it was just like it was the best moment ever yeah. like i didn't hound him for a, a, in an interview i didn't hound him for an autograph or anything like that it was literally just that one moment you know and it was it was so special the fact that he just did it as well you didn't pin you didn't pigeonhole him either you just said high five it's like i respect you as an actor as a comedian yeah i respect um, as a writer, but also, well. yeah, also it was because it was just something silly and childish as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was like some of, some of his writing is is you know is is right on the money when it comes to sort of like throwaway but funny, sort of on on the nose but funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's like, God. I I can't believe people do cons. I mean, it's, for us it's different because this is aside from looking after my kids, shooting clerks is 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 all I really do. But people like Matt Lucas and Jason Hughes and Brian Horan. They're doing films and TV shows and other cons and, you know, whatever in between further proves that they do it for the fans and they do it for, you know, I guess just get to travel as well. I mean, yeah. granted, if you're not going outside too much, you're just basically seeing the same type of location over and over again. Everyone has a different accent or speaks a different language, but still, you, you do get to travel and you get some... Uh, Get some fun and interesting movies on that plane. Yeah, because obviously last time I can't remember what films it was that you watched last time, but yeah, there was some there were some weird ones, wasn't there, that you were watching when you flew over? So yeah, well we've, we I can't remember. Have I spoken to you guys since we came back from Comic Con? No, no. Um, actually, it'd be quite probably new always... films that we watched while we were coming over. 
Yeah, because I was going to say, because I've always wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con. So if you've got the time, I'd love to like find out what that one was like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, oh yeah. It's. I don't want to take up too much time because it would take me another twenty minutes to explain everything that happened there. But um, I'll just sort of wet everyone's beak a little with what I know they really want to know, and that's that I watched a lot of Burn Notice and X Files while flying. <laughs> California. Also, we were going to be in the air for twelve hours, and then traveling for about six. You know, between cabs and hanging around in yeah. lobbies like that. Um, but because our flight was delayed, we missed a flight, and it ended up from me getting into my dad's car from for him to take us to the airport, right up until the point we got into the door of our digs, and then instantly went to sleep. 24 hours it took Oof. and we couldn't really sleep you know um, once when well no he couldn't he couldn't really sleep because never any time or anything comfortable to sleep on i think like we maybe had 20 minutes every three hours on the plane and we were on a non-stop flight we didn't go to london or anything like that from what i recall we just went straight so it was a full 12 hours on a plane which after six hours, it might as well be six because it just feels the same. It doesn't make any difference. But I remember when we went to the, the, the East Coast at one point. So it must be either Jersey or New York. And we went down to London. We were already tired going flying down to London. But we had like a four-hour four hour layover in Charles de Gaulle, the, the, the airport in France. They have these little reclining bed chair things. So we were at our gate already in these reclining chair things and you've got planes just parking right in front of you. So you get this beautiful view <laughs> and you're comfy and you've got an alarm on your on your phone but you're not going to miss it because it's like four hours. <laughs> so in that case, we had a nice big sleep and we're all well rested. But with regards to, <laughs> we were like going to sleep just whenever we could for that whole week. I can only imagine you probably felt very ill <laughs> through lack <laughs> of sleep. Yeah, It wasn't that. That's not my main problem. Is uh, There's two main problems. I don't like being in clothes in public that I've wore for too long because okay, I start to get yeah. paranoid that stink mm-hmm. um, or, or they just look dirty or I'm sweaty mm-hmm. or whatever. And also if I eat dairy because I became a vegan uh, like a couple of months ago and then I go back on it every now and again when mm-hmm. stress hits. But if I eat dairy, I get a sore stomach. Ah. So you sound yeah. clean with a sore stomach. Yeah, I get that with bread a bit. And you, yeah, and you, I can't do anything to make it go away. I'm just sat there with a sore friggin' stomach. Um, I don't know why I never learned. I really should just not eat any dairy. I mean, if I eat dairy at home, it's fine because I can lie down, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can't stretch out on a plane at all, can you? No, and I was like, you know what? It'd be great one day to get you know the business class or even just first class and just stretch out and be, have, a, have a nap for the whole flight. And then I looked at the prices. I was like, "That's not going to happen anytime soon." Yeah, there are wee bit prices. Too expensive. The guys that we pass when we, if we're on a huge plane, we we have to pass through first class. People we pass, they're all wearing immaculate suits that cost more than my house, or they have big <laughs> chains. The kind of chain you put a bike up against a wall with, but it's made of gold or platinum or something like that. I, I don't have any of that shit, so I ain't going to be on <laughs> first class for a while. But I do hope to do it at least once in my life. That's that's a bucket list thing. That's what I was actually thinking because I um I just booked my flights because I'm going over to America in February um uh, for the Impractical Jokers cruise. So I'm quite looking forward to that. I brought cool. 
I'm very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's my second time that I've actually been on the cruise. So, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect. And it is a lot of fun, I have to say. But the, yeah, when I was booking my flights, I, I had te- uh, had the Tesco's um, air mile flight things. So, yeah, basically I used that and I got £90 off of my off of my flight. So, you know, I'm quidzing. I'm, you know, really happy that I've got it all booked and everything. But I was thinking when I get there, I was like, oh, I could just sort of say, you know, any chance for an upgrade, <laughs> you know, to business or first class? <laughs> yeah, no, try it. Seriously, give it a shot. It does work yeah. for people. It's not work it for me, enough, but it does work. Yeah. It does. But, the, like, we've only ever been on one flight that wasn't fully booked or overbooked. Yeah. Um, if it's not, like, I remember we got on a flight to come home and Brett and I sat down because we usually fly together because he lives like 15 minutes away from where I live. And um, Brett and I sat down, you know, plane took off and we looked to our left and over the aisle is just three seats. Yeah. And then me and Emma crammed in these two seats and there's a third seat free. So I'm like, well, here you go. You can have your three seats and I'll go have my three seats. And that was the only, and oh, actually, no, when I had to come home early, I paid extra to come home early. So I think it was a last minute flight. I got a whole row to myself then. It's not much better. They don't let you lie down on the three seats. It's pretty cool when you do get loads of space. I've had recently quite a hell of a lot of flights where there's literally been me and about three other people on them, so just yeah. splayed out. But it's it's quite fun though. Like if you're going across the Atlantic, because you do get all the entertainment. So what I usually do is I sit in the middle. I put my my film and my TV stuff on that TV, mm-hmm. and then I just sort of reach over and program the right hand TV or the left hand TV to have the progress of the flight appear. So it's the mm-hmm. GPS map. And then obviously I just open the window. Uh, not all the way because we'd all get sucked out. But I just open the <laughs> the, the shutter. And then, uh, yeah, that's my all in it. And I can put things on either side of me. And I can sprawl out. Granted, like I said, yeah, they won't let you lie down, I don't think. They really should. Yeah, they should. And But also, uh, just on the topics of the chairs, if you're... If if there's somebody in front of you who then decides to put their seat back because they want to have a sleep, and fair enough that they want to put their seat back, I get really annoyed because if I'm in the middle of watching something, then you've got to try and angle your TV so that you can actually watch it still. It's like, it's like that's so annoying. Sorry. <coughs> I've got this really annoying cough at the moment. Um, but it's really annoying that, you know, you can't now watch your uh, your programme that you wanted to watch. Because somebody's so rude that they're gone to sleep. I've never had. Uh, I've never. I've never noticed it be any worse. It's closer to you. It's weird. We get on these this plane. We're packed in like sardines, but because they give you food that, and it feels like it's free, and they're constantly mm-hmm. giving you drinks for free, and you've got all this entertainment. I feel like I feel like I am first class. Yes. So I, I don't know. I'm all. I'm really sad. Like I said, I don't enjoy going to parties. And I don't care about me and celebrities, but I really look forward to the flight. And we're going to be doing it again in like two or three weeks. We're going over to California again. And again, I'm like, oh, I really like this. I like traveling there. It's fun because you don't, you never know what's going to happen. And the last time, you know, we almost met Wesley Snipes. That's kind of cool. Hmm. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I hope we don't get stuck traveling for 24 hours. No, fingers crossed that you don't. That was just a one-off, fingers crossed. So why are you going back over to California this time? Well, we are going to sell the movie. We're going to the American 
film market. Woohoo! Good man. To sell our film, and uh, hopefully we will sell our film. So uh, yeah, I guess this is where I announce it. Um, so yeah, we'll be putting an ad in the trades, hopefully, and we'll be you know blasting it everywhere on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Reddit, anywhere where anyone might possibly see it, just to advertise the fact that we're going to be there. The film will be viewable if you're a member. And uh, yeah, that's you know one one of the good things about paying for a ticket to that uh, is that you get into one free after party. That I won't be going to. <laughs> no, I'll probably have to go to it. Yeah, there's only going to be a couple of us this time because it's a business trip. More so, you know, just get used to the perusing and the, oh, yeah. you know, the schmoozing. Yes, and the people worshiping the ground you walk on because you've created this film. I don't mind doing that. I just, it's just, it's I'm prepared for. Like I, when I was a kid, if we were having a party, usually a New Year party or a Christmas party, my mom always asked for me to go to bed for a little bit and have a wee sleep. Mm. I never understood it, but now I do. So I will have myself a little nap before I go out to this party. And because it's California, I might do something else as well, just to get me in a very, very spirited mood. Um, and then go out and, because it's important that we go to this specific party um, mm. and, and sell the film, because it's dying to come out. It really is. I'm dying to watch it, to be honest. Did you not see it when we were in LA? Um, in uh, Edinburgh? I didn't, unfortunately, no, because that's when um, Brian Johnson was free to do the interview. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it was true. There was a big part of me that was actually gutted because I was like, oh, I really wanted to watch the film. <laughs> I'm gonna be des I'm gonna be honest, I am desperate to see this seriously. I'm not I'm not and I'm really I'm looking forward to when I get a chance to see it. It's it's we, we we the last time we screened it was in this really classy building and they showed uh they showed yeah, Jason and the Argonauts. And one of the stars of Jason, Jason and the Argonauts was there, and he was so wow. cool, so nice. Um, and his family were there as well because they owned this the cinema that they were or managed the cinema where they were showing it, and it was very proper. Mm. And I remember sitting there thinking, "We don't belong here." This is, <laughs> people are this is a proper movie that everyone's watched, everyone's heard of, you know, with all these stars in it, and here's one of them here and. And we're going to be coming on next saying shit and fuck and loads of <laughs> dick jokes. And, and but, but that's the thing when when we came ashore, everybody came and sort of put a, put his, our minds at rest by just sort of laughing right away. And and one guy even had a t-shirt on, it was shooting Clark's t-shirt. I was like, that's the first time that I've ever seen someone wear one. So that means that you've met us before. And he's like, yeah, I was at I was at your uh, we were at a, a comic con. I think a couple of weeks prior to that, or maybe he bought one online. Um, so that was that was that was a new experience. But I'm always surprised how much I enjoy it when we watch it. It's like, God, I've seen this movie ten thousand times, and there's so many bits of it that I love, and so many bits of it that I hate, and then I forget all of that when we watch it. So yeah, even I, even I get excited, and I, and I can't stand watching certain bits of it. Usually, the bits with myself. But to know that, to know that it has such a positive impact upon you to see, it, even though you know the whole ins and outs just illustrates what a brilliant film it must be it really Hopefully. must it really has to it and i'm not saying i'm not blowing smoke up your ass saying that <laughs> telling me that if we can do that to, to you and you know the ins and outs it'll mm -hmm. be yeah you can i mean 
that gives me even more reason someone's listening to want to see it. Yeah. Well, hopefully. You're all right, Gemma. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just an irritating cough that won't go away. Sounds like what I have. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I'm a, you know, I hate to rub this in, but I think I'm at the end of my... It only flares up when I go to sleep. Yeah, mine, mine doesn't help because I smoke as well. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I aggravate it. Jump on at the vaping, that's a lot smoother on the uh, on the old, old throat. See, that makes me cough more. I mean, I've never tried vaping, but I mean, I gave up smoking that long ago. It's, I couldn't even be into, vaping didn't exist, I think, when I gave up smoking. No, vaping's relatively new. Like, my mum's decided to give up smoking, um, and she only occasionally has one just because of, you know, stress, because mm. of what's going on, but... Um, yeah, she'll she vapes. She's like, I'm just gonna go outside. Like, mom, you don't have to go outside. I don't want anyone. It's like, mom, it's it's vapor. It's a habit, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's not gonna hurt us. But she still refuses to do it in the house with near the kids. Um, and she, again, she only goes out like maybe once or twice while she's here. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's not easy. I, I can't even imagine. I've got I'm addicted to food. Um, and and that's not even. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's only that's that that doesn't even touch the surface of like smoking or, or whatever but my grand's been smoking for like 85 years still going still, strong still chugging. <laughs> <laughs> i said still going strong but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's the main thing what were we talking about before i had a coughing fit <laughs> sorry <laughs> really the fact that obviously you know chris can can watch sit and watch his own film and ah, yes. still pick out brilliant things from it uh, and i was I saying say, i wouldn't say brilliant i would just say like i they're enjoyable. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was that's fun. It's funny. There's two two sort of instances. Like, you'll get the the moment where you're like, hey, this scene is fun to watch and it was fun to make, and then you'll get another scene that was like, hey, this fun this scene is fun to watch, but Jesus Christ, do not ask me to reshoot it. It was a nightmare. And I'm lucky I'm so removed from it that I can enjoy it. It's good to hear though that you can sit and and appreciate it as a film piece because I always so wonder. As someone who's been involved in filming something, do you, when watching, find yourself thinking too much of things that you, you know, you might look at a scene and not think, oh, that's a great thing, it makes me laugh. You might think we were doing this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Does that but become a problem? No, no, not not really. Um, a lot of the a lot of the humour is only partially. Is uh, I think another reason why I can enjoy it is because only only. A part of the humor is my doing. Um, I may have written something funny or something pseudo funny, but then an actor and then whoever's done the sound or whoever's working on the the music or or whatever, who happened to be working camera that particular day, they've heightened it, actor especially, of Mm. course. Um, They've heightened it with just the way that they've, they've performed. So yeah, sure. I've I've given them like the, the baton, but they've they've ran the the entire marathon for me. And uh, yeah, I've, I joke all the time, like, and I get to take the credit, but like not at all. Uh, there's so many moments in the film that are funny because specific actors, just the way they say things. So I guess that's why I can watch it in that respect. Because I, I, along with like along with my own voice and the way I play guitar, I don't really like the sound of my own dialogue. But when it's hidden under someone else's I guess parlance or whatever, you know, their their own sort of style. Uh, then I think it, it sort of makes it more palatable for me. But if it sounds too much like me, I'm like, oh god, 
and off. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. When I first um, started with this podcast, like when I was editing my own voice, I was just like, "Oh my god, I sound so awful!" And I, I used to say, "Um," I used to say, "Um," every other word, sort of thing. And it's, it's so frustrating because then I was sat there, sort of taking out every little um, you know. And you know, maybe not all of them because you know, like obviously it's natural to um a little bit. But as I've been talking more and more, unless I forget why I'm actually going with with a story, I actually don't um as much anymore, and I've noticed that, which is quite nice. But I I do understand where you're coming from on a very small scale. Like quite often, like when I'm editing a podcast, I'm just sort of like, oh, I hate this episode so much, you know. And then when people, but you have to you have to just let it go because. Yeah, you're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably, probably yeah. wrong, and you're you're definitely wrong. There's nothing wrong at all with anything you say or anything like that. So I wouldn't worry about that. But it, another another thing is like um, I can't listen to my voice. Like I'll maybe listen back to a podcast tomorrow just to make sure I don't sound too stupid. Yeah. But then I'll go tune out and I'll be like, Ugh, no one else is on this podcast. You know, no, there's other um, guests, so I don't need to listen to my bit again because I was perfectly paying attention to whoever was interviewing me or whatever but if it's if i'm acting and it, i can watch that especially if i'm american in it like like uh, when shooting clerks i can watch that and go hey there's there's, there's, there's that guy I, I can sort of disassociate myself from that yeah. that specific thing but oh no i can't stand to I, like if i did a podcast i'd have to be really subdued but then i'd sound dull kind of like i did at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> mainly because i was half falling asleep on the sofa before <laughs> Well, I knew that the conversation about Island Con would uh, would get Thank you cool. fired up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, people. Don't don't just be nice. Until yeah, don't shit on other people because at some point it will come back and haunt you. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll be working in McDonald's or maybe I'll be valleying your car, Mister. <laughs> and maybe, maybe your car don't smell too good when you pick it up after, and maybe your butt is a little bit wet. So just just be careful. <laughs> Sounds like you should be coming down to the Isle of Wight then. Or the mailman. Don't fuck with the mailman or woman because they deliver your letters and they can really fuck your life up. And, it, and also, as I learned Levine Hall, always become friends with the cleaner. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or the janitor. If, if scrubs is anything to go by, yes. be nice to the janitor from day one, otherwise your entire life is going to be hell. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that as well. <laughs> I've loved this. It's been very educational and entertaining. We <laughs> good fun, yeah. Yeah, it's always fun having Chris on. Oh, You're always you. welcome. And I'm all, whenever I'm available, I'll always, I'll always pop on if if you need me. Absolutely. Well, you're always needed. So it always will work to your schedule. So no problem at all. But I hope that this conversation has helped you, you know, get rid of some annoyances with regards to like, obviously, Island Con and things like that. But also, you know, like, I hope you've had a bit of a fun time as well. It was it was good fun. Yeah. Like I said, it, it did sort of revive me. So I was looking at the clock at seven. And I was like, God, I'm so tired. I'm going to fall asleep. Um, but now I managed to make it because if I went to sleep, you know, if we were, if I wasn't doing this, I'd go to sleep at eight o'clock. I'd wake up at three in the morning, and I'd be shattered at twelve in the afternoon. So you've saved me that. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's what I aim to please and aim to achieve. Pleasure. You know, 
everything in this uh, in this podcasting world. <laughs> I've got to a point where I'm just talking garbage now. So. No, no, you're not. You're not talking garbage. You're talking codswallop. I'm talking codswallop. Well done, James. There you go. That's <laughs> the ending right there. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, that should be your catchphrase. It's like, oh god, I've been in this for so long that <laughs> I started talking garbage. Like you're not talking garbage. You're talking codswallop. Thank you. Good night. I didn't think